Welcome to the Lighthouse Writers Workshop podcast, because sometimes what a writer needs most is other writers, even virtually. The book project at Lighthouse Writers Workshop is an intensive two-year program for writers of book-length manuscripts, novel, narrative nonfiction, memoir, and short story collections. During the past year, there were a number of book project weekend intensives held at Lighthouse. At the April 25th book project intensive, projecteers listened in as their mentors, William Haywood Henderson, Erica Krauss, Brad Wetzler, and B.K. Lauren discussed craft topics and gave genre-specific presentations. Hi everyone! Thank you so much. It's 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 great to be here. I have a microphone, which is which makes me feel like I should have a guitar and sing or something. Uh, but I'm just going to talk. And the first thing that you'll notice, uh, one of the first things you'll notice, is I don't have a charming British accent. So how could I ever fill your shoes? It's abs- It's going to be absolutely impossible. I do have a collection of eyeglasses, in in indeed. So I hope that that will somehow. I also think it's kind of funny that uh, the very first thing that I've been asked to talk about here at the Lighthouse is endings. I hope that's not a, a sign <laughs> of some sort. Anyway, I, I'm, I guess this is going to be podcast tonight. So, uh, but, you know, the, this stuff won't show on the podcast, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Also, we've been down here working on technology for a while. It really doesn't work the way we want it to work, but we're, you're all hang with me? Okay, all right. So I'm going to talk about endings tonight. I guess you had presentations before in the book project, one on beginnings, one on middles. Am I right? Yes. Okay, so that's why I'm doing endings. So here we go. Um, this is just what we're going to talk about. First of all, uh, the challenge of endings, parts of endings, Apparently, there's the sound of the ocean, uh, the shape of endings, types of endings, and uh, then I'm going to talk a little bit about my experience with theft. Depending on how bored you are, I may read some examples, but I may not. I really want to have time uh, for a question and answer. Okay. So before I start the actual presentation that I just said, I'm going to talk about two things that you should not do that you should not do. The first one comes from our friend, Neil Young. This is Neil Young. He is, so he's, a, he's as you know, a rock icon. And this is Neil Young introducing one of his songs. Okay? Remember, this is what you should not do. Listen, let's listen to Mr. Young. You probably couldn't hear that, am I right? Okay. So, uh, technology, we love that. What he said was, it sort of starts out real slow and then fizzles out altogether. <laughs> so, you know what? He can do that because he has a guitar <laughs> and he's a rock icon, but you guys don't. You just have paper. and So don't start out real slow and then fizzle out altogether. And, you know, you're, you're thinking, well, why would I do that? Believe me. I and every teacher in here has read manuscripts like that. So uh, the second thing not to do comes from my high school creative writing teacher. I failed creative writing in high school. That's no joke. Um, 
because I didn't go. But I did go. <laughs> I didn't. I, I, they smoked in class, and I was into being sport. You know, I was, yeah, yeah. Come on, we, I'm old. So, yes, they, they, we sat around on pillows, and they, they were smoking. I was like, I'm not going back. But I was there for the first assignment. And the first thing that he had us do was he had us write what he called a Mack truck ending. And so what is a Mack truck ending? A Mack truck ending, and you all are going to say that you've never read one of these or that you would never write one of these. However, I've seen them. (laughs) So what he made us do was we had to make an elaborate uh, uh, story. Like, uh, you know, you're on a safari in Africa. Or maybe it's speculative, and you're on Mars. No matter what your story was, you had to say the last line on page five had to be, and then a Mack truck and came, came and killed everybody. <laughs> so, of course, he was, he was being hyperbolic, but, um, uh, you know, I've read things like that, too, versions of that where, th- where the ending comes, has nothing to do with what has been built to. So we're going to talk now about other ways to do endings. Those are two ways not to do them. Uh, going from Neil Young to sort of a theor- very heady theoretical book, The Sense of an Ending by Frank Kermode. Has anyone read this? The Sense of an Ending by Frank Kermode. Uh, it, it's, it's really heady and very uh, philosophical, but I'm going to take just one uh, part of it. And uh, again, you don't have to know this word or how to pronounce it or anything. It's Latin. It's avum. Don't use it at a cocktail party. People will walk away from you. Uh, but what it is is it's a temporal space between eternity and time. This is a space that novels and memoirs and stories take place in. We're having a resettling here of the people, resettling of the masses. So this is a space that stories take place in. And uh, it's not eternity, and it's not time. It exists outside of any time that we know. It's not linear time. So what you're creating when you're creating a story is this time that doesn't exist anyplace else except for in story writing. And so endings are sometimes a challenge because when you're in a temporal time, there's not a logical way to get to the end of that. So endings are challenging in a particular way, in that particular way. Usually uh, at the beginning you're excited and you have that inspiration. But by the time you're getting to the end, you're, you're beginning to feel the weight of this new time that you've created. How to end that is, is a particular challenge that isn't, uh, isn't like any, any other part of writing. Uh, Kermode actually calls it the time of angels. Uh, it's the time between heaven and earth. Uh, so trying to end that time is always a little bit of a challenge. So the parts of an ending, where does, a, where does a, a, an ending begin? Well, the ending begins at the climax. Climax is the hottest, get it? <laughs> it's the hottest part. <laughs> uh, and uh, so uh, the climax is you have the most tension, you have the most action. If you don't have the most tension and you don't have the most action, then uh, it's not the climax, <laughs> right? 
So, but that's where your ending begins, is at the climax. Then you have the resolution where everything comes together. Um, and uh, that is a longer period than, the, than the, uh, the actual climax, and it can go on for, for a bit. And it ties the themes together. It doesn't fix the tensions. It provides satisfaction for the tensions that have been set up. And it delivers on the expectations that you've set up from the beginning of the novel or the memoir to where you are at the, by the time you reach the resolution. The denouement is when things sort of turn back to normal. You're delivering your audience, your readers, back to daily life as they know it. But here's the, the thing about this, and this is what you really have to check in your endings. You deliver, in the denouement, you deliver the reader back to everyday life, but that everyday life has to have transformed in some way. It has to have changed. People read because they're interested in, in transformation, and they're looking for that transformation. And this is where you can begin to show that. And then, of course, you have the all-important last line. So those are the elements of the... Of an ending. And an ending as a whole is uh, the entire story. This is really important. The entire story is one big middle. The ending is just the end of this slice of the middle. Everything in your story should be the middle. The best part of an Oreo, arguably, is the middle. The best part of the Twinkie, you pull apart and you go for that middle. The best part of a hot dog is the middle. The best part of a hamburger is the middle. Middles are what it's all about. Okay, so you don't, anything that is not middle material, anything that is not, you know, plump and juicy, is not, should not be part of your story, whether it's at the beginning of your story, whether it's in the middle of your story, or at the end of your story. All of your story is one big middle. But the ending, more than any other section, defines the type of the story you're telling. You could write a, a serious story, and at the ending, you could turn it to a comedy. You could turn it to a tragedy from a comedy. Depending on how that ends, that's what you're going to leave people with. So the ending carries so much weight. It can be contemplative, hopeful, nihilistic, whatever. And you're going to be doing that from the climax on. The purpose of the ending. This is uh, the word... Talos in, uh, in Greek, and uh, it means, it, it, Aristotle talks about it when he, uh, when he talks about how to make an arc, how to make the narrative arc that we're still using to this day. And uh, Talos means ending, it also means purpose or meaning. So the ending is in fact what gives your, it's the heaviest thing I think that gives your book its final meaning. The first scenes invite the readers to continue reading. But what readers are going to talk about most is the end of the book. I mean, how many times have you heard this? I really liked that book. You guys fill it in and tell what? How many times have you heard that? Right? It's like, really? I can write 420 beautiful pages, but I write 10 really bad pages at the end, and you're not going to buy my book? That's exactly right. They're not going to buy your book if that ending's not good. And they're not going to tell other people to buy your book. The ending is the last chance you have to let the readers know that this book has meaning, 
has purpose, and it matters. What do you mean? What do you mean my book has to mean something? What what? I just, I like writing. I like to write about myself. I kind of write for myself. I don't write for an audience. Um, what do you mean my book has to mean something? Well, it does. And this is how it means something. Audience, who does it reach beyond you, your mother, and your best friend? Who doesn't it reach? Who is it not intended for? It's really important also to know who your audience is not. Because you're not going to reach everybody. And the more you can, you can narrow and understand your audience, uh, the more clear that ending's going to be, that last thing that you want to leave that audience with. And uh, how does your book converse with other books like it? Does it, in fact, have some sort of a conversation? Do you, have you read other books like it? Does it continue the conversation? Does it add to the conversation? Does it do something new? Last thing, do you really love it? Like, when you get done, do you really love that book? Because when you get done, you're going to have to start it over again. You know that, because revision just goes on forever. So this is, you know, dating is the first, is the first draft, and, and marriage is like the tenth draft. Um, so you really, really better love it. All right, so let's talk about shapes of, of the ending. The shape of the ending will reflect the shape of your story. That's pretty obvious. So the shapes of the stories are uh, linear, and that, that's pretty clear. If you're writing a linear story, when uh, time just moves forward, somewhat like it does in our lives, but with all the boring stuff taken out, because, you know, because the only thing you put in is a middle. So if it's linear, then you just continue that thread. But some other options are it can be circular. It can repeat the beginning almost exactly with a twist. Okay? Um, anybody write in a vessel? Anybody pick a vessel? To, uh, you know, some sort of an image to use? I, was, I did a, a presentation with, uh, with Pam Houston a, a couple of weeks ago. And she was saying she's working on a, a memoir right now. And she was saying that uh, she's playing with all sorts of vessels. And the one that she's working with right now is the Aztec calendar. So uh, creating the book in that form. So your ending would be the last piece of the Aztec calendar if you chose that. Or another, for, for memoirists, an example would be the suicide index. Uh, she chose the form of an index to tell her story. So it would be the last entry to that index. These things seem so obvious when you look at them, but I swear I see things that, uh, you know, that don't follow this. So also you could have a collage. If you're writing vignettes that add up, then the last collage is going to be your, the last snapshot. So types of endings. There's a, I don't know, the TV screen is taking this off, but there's the territory of ahead is one type of an ending. Uh, there's the final, you know, finalizing things. All possibilities are closed. So in the territory ahead, there's new possibilities that came about as a direct result of the actions in the story. In finalization, possibilities are closed, 
circle back around, we come back around to the beginning. Uh, or there's also the invitation to reconsider variations uh, on, on the territory ahead. That's not an exhaustive list. I'm going to hand this out and you can pass it around. This isn't an exhaustive list either, but it'll get you thinking about how to, you know, consider your ending. But let's look at these. So this isn't showing. I'll read it from here. Based on the ones that we just saw, what is the, what what kind of an ending is this? But I reckon I got but I reckon I got to light out for the territory ahead of the rest because Aunt Sally, she's going to adopt me and civilize me, and I can't stand it. I've been there before. Yeah, it is, yeah. What kind of ending is it? That's territory ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look at that. See, you're good at it already. What's this one? Yes, I said. Isn't it pretty to think so? What's that? Yeah. How would you characterize that ending? Or reconsidering. Reconsidering. He's asking you to sort of look back over and reconsider what you've learned. It's from the son of... And do do you get the vibration in these? I mean, these lines are just so gorgeous. Last lines are so amazingly important. So the next one here, yes, she thought laying down her brush in extreme fatigue. I have had my vision. You think that one's a circle? All right. Or, or finalizing? But she didn't... The beginning of the book is when they're going to the lighthouse. Yeah. So it could be. It depends on where you consider the beginning. Um, but Lily comes in a little bit later. But the vision, you know, extends beyond Lily. Beautiful last line, no matter how you cut it, whether it's circling back around. However you interpret these things, um, just learning to look at them and see what they're doing, how they're acting. You know, one person sees it as a, as a circle. Another person sees it as a finalization. Um, that's okay, as long as you begin to see how they're sort of working. And the whole in the story as a whole. Are there any questions? Yeah, circle? Yeah. Yeah, because it would, it would start you back at, at the beginning again. Or reconsidering, yeah. Uh, I thought it was finalization, and uh, I don't know your name. Carolyn thought it was uh, uh, circling. Yeah. Either way. Either way. Just considering what, what sort of... Uh, how you would see it, because how you see it, every writer, every reader participates. So if you read it in a different way, who wants to say what they think of another one? Paul Oster. We walked up the stairs together, and once, out, once inside, I handed him the pages of this book. That's, yeah, that's, that's pretty much clearly a circle. The horizon is the straight bottom edge of a curtain arbitrarily and suddenly lowered upon a performance. What's that? That's pretty final. That's pretty final. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, and then the storm of shit begins. What's that one? Territory ahead. Uh, and then the famous, you must go on. I can't go on. I'll go on. You know what? 
I think everything Beckett ever wrote was a circle. You know? He's just always going on. So this is just to get you thinking about what is what is your ending doing? You know, what how is it relating to the things that you've said before? It has to it has to have that tension. It has to be a continuing thread in some way. So no matter how we categorize these, I mean the category categorizations are of course they're they're artificial. But if it gets you to think about how that how your last line and how your your last paragraphs are relating throughout the book and and creating that wonderful arc, that wonderful tension. That's what I'm trying to get you to think about here. So here's some things not to do, and again, they're on this list as well. Do not introduce new elements, themes, and characters. Does that seem obvious to y'all? Does it? I've seen it done. I've seen it done in, in... in aspiring writer's work. Don't use flashbacks. This is not the time for flashbacks. Monk, you know that TV show Monk? He does that. But, you know, it's kind of corny. So, uh, don't explain anything. Not only in, not only in the uh, ending, but in the entire novel, don't explain anything. That's, that's not territory of novels, and it's definitely not the territory of endings. Don't put a bow on it. Do you know what I mean by that? Does anyone not know what I mean by that? I mean, if you put a bow on it, you could put a bow on it if you really wanted to. Like, if you really wanted to make a book, and if the cover had, like, a really sad-eyed dog on it, like, with some droopy eyes and stuff like that, drawn with fluffy hair, then you could put a bow on it. But if that's not your, your memoir or your novel, then you should probably not put a bow on it. All right. Oh, now I have to talk about me. So this is my experience with, um, with, with writing this novel, Theft. So here's the weird thing. There's a wolf on the cover of this book. Somebody here has read the book. You've, you've read the book, yeah. So most people think that I'm like a wolf freak and, um, and that the wolf drove the book. I do love wolves. I love, I love all animals. The truth is the wolf did not appear until the final, final draft of the book. I had no idea the wolves were going to be in this book. Not at all. Uh, I got to, you know, I'd done however many drafts that you do. I write in a layered fashion. And uh, I, uh, I'd gotten to the end. See, what? No wolf. That's what people usually say. I'd already gotten to the end and of what I thought was the end, but it didn't feel complete to me. Um, my themes were theft, and uh, there are all sorts of thefts that run throughout the book. And then I thought, oh, I know what's missing. I know what's missing. If I'm going to talk about themes of theft, I have to put an endangered species in here. I have to put that particular loss because it's about theft and loss and that sort of thing. So I, I can't do that on a on a broad scale without talking about um, an endangered species. Well, I'd already written the novel in uh, and it was set in New Mexico. And if you see in the in the early portion of the book, I, there's a disclaimer that says that uh, that I've expanded the, that I've intentionally expanded the territory of theft. 
or, or of the, uh, I've ex intentionally expanded the territory of the Mexican wolf, which is, by the way, the most endangered mammal in North America. There are 49 left right now. And I said that I intentionally expanded its territory. Well, I ex intentionally expanded its territory because I had the whole book written by the time I put the wolf in it. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't do anything else. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Um, so, but when I decided to, uh, when I decided to, to put an endangered species in, I did a little research. And the first thing that came up on my research of endangered species in New Mexico was a turtle. And so I wrote two weeks. Two weeks. That's right, folks. That's what I wrote. Two weeks of Willa the Great Turtle Tracker. There was, there was not a lot of drama, as you can see, in, in Willa being a great turtle tracker, because it was like my scenes were like this. Here's some tracks. Where do you think the turtle is? Well, there it is right now. <laughs> And so I kept trying. I was, uh, you know, at the keyboard. Oh, my whole novel's never gonna work because of this guy. So, but then I found, but then I found the wolf. I was really, and I expanded its territory. You want to know a really cool thing? I put in the book that uh, I expanded its territory. I learned after the book was written that in fact that is its territory that the government actually says that it's smaller than that uh, for obvious reasons. And there's a whole group, a whole movement trying to, you know, say exactly, pretty much exactly the territory that I outline in the book. And uh, in Animal Mineral Radical, I, I talk about uh, how I think writing is not having something to say. I think writing is listening. And if you, if you work with me very long, You'll hear me say that like about a million times. And um, it's only, only when you get rid of what you think you have to say that you can listen to what needs to be said. And so um, when I found that out, I thought, oh, I was listening. That felt pretty good. I was listening. So after the wolf appeared, still talking about my process with the ending. After the wolf appeared, of course, I had to revise the entire manuscript. And um, when the wolf appeared, I knew the last scene, and I wrote it. And God, it's a beautiful scene. It's just, it, it, it's one of those, I mean, I was talking to Eric before, and different people have different, different writers write differently. Some people write as if... Uh, uh, you know, they're driving along a road and they can only see what's in front of them and, and lit up by the headlights. And some people write to an ending. And Erica says that you're a person who write, who you write toward an ending. You write your ending first, right? So once I found this, um, I wrote that ending. And that ending never made it to the pages. It does, nobody will ever read it. And uh, the reason is because I got up, and I was so excited. I've been working on this for so long. And I was like, today's the day. I'm going to write the last scene. I had eight hours cut out to, for writing, and, 
and I sat down and I wrote one paragraph and I listened and I went that's the end that, that's the end that's the end everything else would have been forcing it everything else would have been forcing it I could have written to that and it would have been more contrived um, it would have been forcing it so the, per, the, 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 the uh, writing the ending first was a good exercise because it gave me the, uh, the tension that, uh, that I needed to get where I was going but I didn't need it once I got there so you have to listen to the ending don't force it it's true about every aspect of writing so uh, oh we're getting to the end already Writing is listening. Don't force your ending. Listen to it. Oh, look at that. Pop quiz. <laughs> How did that happen? Name something that an ending should not do. Explain. Yes, good. Tie a bow around it. Tie a bow around it. Anyone else? Mac truck. Mac truck. <laughs> Introduce you, Ellen. Introduce new elements. All right. Good, 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 good. Okay. How does the ending relate to the shape of the overall story? It's the same. There we go. Good. I mean, you can't fool people at the end. You can't be writing one story and then go write another story. It seems obvious. Have you ever seen it in a, in a manuscript, Bill? Where people uh, write write one story and then they get to the ending and it's a whole different story, whole different tone, whole different everything. What? No, no. You've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah, we've all seen it. But you don't know you're doing it, so just be careful of that. Three types of closings. Do you remember any of them? Finalize. Yeah. Territory ahead. Circular. Circular. Oh my God, this class is so good. Who's your audience? Don't know your audience, yeah. That's why I put, answer this one on your own, ponder it a bit. But does anyone know their audience? I'm seeing some nods. Good. Do you know who your audience is not? It's easier to know who it's not? Who's, who is your audience not? <laughs> It's rural? Okay. You know what's really strange is that they, they said that my book wouldn't do very well in New York, and the very first place that it started selling was New York. I mean, Denver, because I read it at the tattered cover, but the, the second place, I guess the second place is very different than the very first place, which I said five seconds ago, isn't it? But uh, after that, it started selling in New York, so it's crazy. You never know. You never know. Fill in the blanks. Writing is... I love you guys. I love you. Um, All right. Good, good, good. I think we're done. Oh, wait a minute. There's one last thing that an ending has to be. Are you ready for it? It has to be the beginning of your next book. You let that thing go, 
you let it go and you move on and don't get stuck with one book. Don't get stuck with thinking that you've told only one story. It's got to be the beginning of your next book. Okay? And? There we go. Thank you. I have never talked about endings before in my life. I didn't know if I could do it. You guys were my guinea pigs. So now you have to ask some questions to make me feel like I said something worthwhile. You don't know what it means to put a bow on it. Okay, uh, boy, if I had some manuscripts here, I could I could read you a million put a bow put a bow on it endings. Uh, it's when everything is is very tidily tied up, and there remain no questions. There's no mess. There's no. Uh, somebody else help me out. There we go. They lived happily. Li- Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of most children's writing has a, has a little bit of a bow on. Although that that's even changing now. I mean, we're really tired of that as a culture. We don't believe it anymore. We don't believe that things end in that way anymore. And uh, um, but but yet, because we're not listening to to what we are writing, because we want to control our readers, we often do put bows on it, and we don't know we're doing it. We want to, and the ending is where we do that, because we want to, this is the, this, you're like, you're sitting there writing, you're saying, this is the last thing that I have to say, I have to get everything in, and you're controlling that, and you're not allowing for conversation in your writing, the most dangerous place that that happens is at the end, because you know, you, you know you're about ready to say goodbye to these characters, whether it's memoir or novel, you know you're about ready, and it's like, I really have to make sure that everyone knows exactly what I mean. If they know exactly what you mean as a writer, there's no conversation for them. There's no way for them to enter. There has to be some way for them to, to, to ponder, to enter, to question. And the, the more you allow for that, especially in your ending, the better that's going to be, the, the stronger that's going to be. Now, you don't want loose ends. Uh, and... Uh, you don't want unintentional loose ends. An intentional loose end it can, can lead into new territory. But if you wrap everything up with control so that you know exactly what everyone was feeling and doing, that, that gets a little, you know, that's not very exciting. What else? Tell me about your endings. What Questions, comments? Do you have any questions about, you know, how to end your novels, memoirs? Yeah. Tell me your name. You said Josh. Hi, Josh. You said you write in layers. Can you explain that? You write in layers. You said you write in layers. Can you explain that? I do. But, but how I write, uh, you know, doesn't necessarily have anything to do with how one should write. And uh, everyone's going to find their own way. But I do write in layers. I, uh, when I first wrote the first draft of Theft, it just had two kids in it. And just nothing else and then I needed another layer and another layer and another layer to make it more interesting to me and I do that because I get I get very focused on one particular thing and I explore it to the extent that I need to explore it I don't always do it that way but um, 
I kind of enjoy that. I kind of, I think I'm a binge writer, so I binge on certain characters. And, you know, 40% of what I wrote about the main character in this novel, the main two characters in this novel, didn't appear in the novel. But I like that sort of, you know, uh, exploring one thing and then another thing and then seeing how I can make them, you know, intersect. Once they start intersecting in a really dynamic way, then they carry it. But it, at first I do write in sort of what, I, what, I, what feels to me like a layered fashion. changes as I go it really does it's you know it's just like it's like looking at sedimentary rock you know I mean it's only when you slice it open that you can see the the different layers in it I mean it, it becomes a hole at one point it becomes pretty solid and you know it, certainly in this people see it as a kind of a wolf novel but I think that has a lot to do I was given 13 uh, different options for the cover and one of them was of a house one of them was of a propped open window. And so the cover of a book, when you get to that point, when you get to pick the cover of your book, uh, has everything to do with how people are going to read that book. And so some people will say to me, well, you know, I thought it was going to be about wolves, but wolves don't come into the story until page, I don't know, like 100 or something. It's, it's late in the story when they come in. So, yeah. Did I answer your question? Okay. Did I see you have a question? You had a questioning look on your face. John. So can you talk a little bit about um, short story collections or essays, memoir, um, and how endings play um, or talk to the beginning of the next essay or story, um, whether we can play around with all those different forms, circular and territory, or, or you know, kind of how endings work in interior to the book. Are you are you linking your essays? I guess. <laughs> yes, we'll say that. Okay. Well, if you're not linking your essays, if it's if it's just a collection, then then that then how to order something is a whole different game. Sure. Yeah. But if you're linking them, boy, I could do a whole class on that. Um, it, it, it's it's if you're linking them, it's not unlike writing a novel or it's not unlike writing a full memoir, except that you're getting a little bit more satisfaction at the end of that piece than you would, uh, you know, if it, were, if it were just moving into the... But you still have to leave... The, if you're linking them, it allows you to leave more undone than it would in a, a plain old... Not plain old, but a st- standard... <laughs> I don't want to offend anybody. Um, essay collection. They don't necessarily have to relate to each other. It's nice if they do in some way, but they don't necessarily have to relate one after the other. But if you are, uh, if you are, I mean, you're going to want to leave questions that will be answered maybe in the fourth essay, not the very next essay, because you've got to have that 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 arc, you know. And the wider that arc is, the the more uh, tension and the more propulsion you have in your work. If you leave, uh, if you end an essay and it's a linked um, book that you're writing, linked essays, linked short stories, if you end an essay and then in that next story you answer everything for that next essay, that would, that would be a failed way to do it 
you you would want to answer just like in a novel in, in a, you know a novel chapters you would want to answer some of the stories or some of the questions that were posed by the end of that essay but not all of them they should be answered you know they should be threaded throughout the book yeah yeah because when you have that then you're going to I keep doing this because I, I always think of uh, arc as archery you know the the tighter you pull it back the tighter you 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 uh, you yeah the, the more arc you get and the farther your arrow flows, flows and the more you hit your target so what about stories well you know there, i've actually done a whole class on how to create a collection that makes sense that said, I'm not sure that my collection makes any sense whatsoever. But um, I'm really not because uh, I just put it together sort of things that I had already published. But, but um, the art of putting, of how to put a collection of poems together or a collection of essays or a collection of vignettes, how they resonate with each other, how they themselves can propel you to the next uh, essay. Uh, that's, that's a whole art. It's I don't think I could answer it in in uh, in the amount of time that we have here, but I think it's a similar answer in that you just you want to have a, a a sense of an arc in your in your work, no matter what you're doing, whether you're doing uh, you know connected essays or things that are are theoretically not connected. So the way that they resonate with each other is going to make big difference. And you know what? If you're listening, you're going to feel that. You're going to feel that. But if you're looking for a, a matrix, you're not going to get it. Because that matrix will be imposed. You know? You'll, you'll know. It will vibrate. You will know. Other questions? Comments? Problems that you're having with your endings? special requests I know how about that I shut up <laughs> uh, are we done sweet thank you so much for your time and thanks for uh, you know thank you Lighthouse would like to thank the following generous donors that make events like this possible the scientific cultural and facilities district the National Endowment for the Arts and Artworks, Colorado Creative Industries, Denver Arts and Venues, and many others. For more information about Lighthouse Writers Workshop, please go to lighthousewriters.org.